millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Rogue Report podcast. We are now at episode 75, though the last episode was not named because it was our... Stuart Donald episode, which I'm sure you all listen to in most years. I'm glad you've came back, to be honest. Um, so this week we're joined by far less interesting guests than last time. Excuse me. We've got the non-Irish Paddy. How are you doing? Not too bad. Are you disappointed you didn't qualify for the World Cup? Oh, I'm gutted. Yeah. You're not getting in the spirit. We're all fucking being Irish, but To be fair, James Nichols, you're you're Russian. You're a Russian fan, aren't you? Da. <laughs> I presume that means yes. Yalowski fanatic. But uh, hello, Connor. Hi. Good to be here. So, are you excited for the World Cup? I can't wait. He'll be going over in a week's time. Absolutely ecstatic. That's why I did that there, so he could drop in the fact he was going. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you staying? Um, Moscow and St. Petersburg. Nice. Different parts. Nice. Can't wait for it. Who, who do you want to win? England, of course. <laughs> <laughs> We're all no. buying that. We're all... <laughs> I, I, I want England to do as well as possible. I think Brazil will win, but I just want Russia to I'll not lose Brazil every win. single game and I'll be fine. Russia haven't won since like October. Russia are shit. Yeah, they're really, really bad. Russia Although I do really like Golovin. They've got to beat Saudi Arabia, though. But that's the thing. That's o- opening well, no. game. Yeah, the first game. Yeah. They've got such an easy opening game. They've got an easy group to be fair. I don't. I think Saudi Arabia yeah, beat have. them. Yeah, it's <laughs> Saudi Arabia are going to beat Russia. You think? Yeah. To be fair, England's got like a piss easy group. Oh, apart from Belgium. Yeah, I don't, they're going to beat Tunisia <laughs> and Panama. It'll be fine. That was a and bold it, statement, Connor. They will. I swear. Right, Chris Cam, how's things? Oh, I'm not bad. I'm actually French. Um, Don's the bibliotech like. So <laughs> right. not really. I wouldn't admit being French on a podcast. Right. Never. No, I just I, um, I'm all right. I just feel like I was missing out on the international flavour because I'm really just boring. Well, I'm, I'm, like, so. I'm taking England. I actually always support the home nations. To be honest, it's I, I used to support the. Uh, the I used to support the home nations, but then I found out they all hate us. Yeah, they <laughs> so do. Like, do. You know what? Fuck them. I'm not. But I'm I, not wasting my time. <laughs> I, still, I still enjoy supporting the, the home nations. Um, I like seeing. I liked it when Wales were doing so well. I was cheering them on. I was no, yeah, they, they were great at the last year. Was. Yeah, it was. It they, was were, they were inspiring. insane to watch, like, yeah. but I just, I was, I was actually, I didn't like Chris Coleman whatsoever. He really did me in. All the press conferences and that, I thought he was like, what a cocky prick. He's like, he's a, he's a half good manager who's got an unbelievable player and he's sleepwalking his way to the semi finals and then he was son of man and I was like, hey, we're best manager of ages. <laughs> right. Well, this isn't the World Cup podcast. The, the, we are actually having World Cup podcasts, though, but James obviously won't be part of it because he's. 
the way in Russia. It'd be a Roman reporter. It'd be a Roman reporter. <laughs> we'll on the streets. Do the Collymore. Journalistas that get shouted at by hooligans. Journalistas. <laughs> so, first things first, we're going to talk a wee bit about the Dortmund model, mainly because uh, James Nichols wrote an article uh, today. What was it? Went up today? Yesterday. Yesterday. It was good. It was a decent article, though some people thought it was shit. We've got, we've got, we've got a way to explain it, just for the people who didn't read it. Really. Yeah, so yeah. John just explained, sort of, I mean, give a brief overview of what the Dortmund model so, is. Stuart Donald and Charlie Metfin first mentioned this on the last podcast. They said that they want, like, they were asked by yourself, Connor, if they wanted to follow a model on anyone. And I think we mentioned like a couple of League One teams who have. It was a great question. Went back to the oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> who went back to the Had Premier layers. League? Southampton <laughs> <laughs> uh, was one that was mentioned. There was a, uh, I think it was Leicester City were mentioned as well. Like follow their models, their ideas. And Donald actually came out and straight away, and he just said. Uh, I think the team we'd like to follow a model upon is Borussia Dortmund. And then discussed how Dortmund don't even try and compete financially with Bayern Munich, but because of the way they're set up, they can compete on the pitch with them. And that's essentially... Dortmund in the 90s had like a golden age, uh, Das Goldin Zeltalter, which is basically that the one... Is that German league. for Paul Lambert? <laughs> he scored the winner. scored the Champions League final, didn't he? He did, that's what I'm saying. Won, they won the Champions League final in 97. Uh, they won two Bundesliga titles and runner-up of the Bundesliga and runner-up of the UEFA Cup during the 90s, uh, with the captain, Matthias Sammer, basically just being absolutely brilliant for them. But they went into financial disrepute, uh, kept buying big-name players, Torsten Frings, Thomas Rosicki, Ewerthen, uh, all these players for massive money, massive wages, and just couldn't sustain it. Uh, got massive debts. I think the debts were well over 100, 150 million euros at the time, which is incredible for like the yeah. turn of the century. So how can you even... You have to be consciously trying to build up that much debt. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and then they went so badly into debt they had to accept a two million euro loan of Bayern Munich, which is like us accepting a loan of Newcastle just to keep the club alive. That's and nice. then in two thousand and four, I believe it was, off the top of my head, uh, they had a four hundred and forty four investors were invited to like a, a massive conference in Dortmund City Centre. And it was basically a sales pitch to invest in the club to save them. They were about, in the end, I think they were two days from going insolvent, just about, and the banks coming and asking for the debt. Uh, and it was essentially Dortmund approaching these investors and saying, look, we're going to change the way everything's been going. We're not going to spend big anymore. We're not going to rely on big names. We're going to focus on the inside instead of focusing on the outside and just make ourselves better, make our, our ship steady. And then from there, use that to, to build back to the great times that they were once at in the 90s. So how do you think, in your expert opinion, how do you believe that Sunderland will implement that, that Dortmund model? Do you think it's all going to be academy-based? I think the academy is a central part of it. The academy was the main part of Dortmund's rebuilding process. Now, Dortmund, of course, obviously now can afford 30, 40, 50 million pound players, but that's because they spend within the means, and they spend within the means for a decade. Then now they've, got, they've recorded a 134 million euro profit since 2011, and on average, no, they get 134 million euros on average each season in revenue. They've recorded a 300 million euro profit since 2011, the last seven years, from player sales, from basically strong recruitment. But that was based on their academy system. To buy, you've got to sell. And, and I know people don't like calling Sunderland a selling club, but every single team outside the top six of the Premier League is a selling club these days. But even look like Spurs. Spurs are a selling club, aren't they? Yeah, That's yeah. The, the great debate with them. Yeah, it's just it's hierarchical. I think I think all football clubs. I mean, Man United sold Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, every single team yeah. will sell a player. I at the thought price it was interesting right. 
thinking about Liverpool because I, I always had the opinion going at the Champions League final that Liverpool are great and their system's great and their team's mm-hmm. great and their players play together really well. Everything suits them. But when it comes to that extra step that they need to compete Real Madrid, I don't think they'll ever do that because not because of, it's not the Dortmund model that they have because they mm-hmm. still buy, but they don't they don't do it on the same level as the Madrids and the PSGs of this yeah. world. And I'd argue that they'd probably struggle to ever win. They also like, can't compete in terms of marketing. Yeah, I mean Real Madrid, Man United, Barcelona are the richest <clears> and biggest clubs in the world. They sell more shirt sales in China than them. I think Man United on their own sell more shirt sales in China than the rest of English football added together. That's crazy. It's well, it's a crazy something along. I think it's either Manchester United and Manchester City, two Manchester clubs, but it's unbelievable. Like, but Dortmund because of the now they're spending, but they're focused on their academy at first. I was going to take a deep breath because it's basically a conveyor belt of like genuine top class talent, and this is not people who have went and. Went in the academy like Joel Osoro is a Southern Academy player, but he won't be classed as an academy graduate because it wasn't two or three years before he mm. turned 18. Mm. So these are people who we signed him from a Swedish academy team, Nopagoring, I believe it was. And then he, because of that, he's not actually a Sunderland Academy player, even though he's developed from our academy. So this list is just ridiculous. It's from most recent Christian Pulisic, Antonio Rudiger. Mario Goethe, Shinji Kagawa, Marco Royce, Marcel Schmelzer, Nuri Sahin, Kevin Grosskreutz, Florian Kringer and Ibrahim Tanko. All of, all of them have played Champions League level football in the last decade or so. And over 50 players have graduated since the Dortmund model was officially like announced at this press conference to like form careers within professional football. They've all played at least 50 appearances in first team football in Germany or abroad or wherever in the top division. Scary. It's incredible. Like, and now that's... We wonder why Germany can afford to drop Sane. It's weird, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, God. It's just unbelievable. It's like, everyone's saying, oh, yeah, he's been dropping that. But if you just look at that squad, just, I mean. To be fair, he's got like one assist in 12 games, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, so. he hasn't done too he's well. I mean, he's a national really, really. <laughs> They could just say Yogi Love is a bit in Sane. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it don't. Oh, sorry. That was just such a nerdy moment for all the Oh, I love, love good puns. It won't be the Dijon mustard one with Dilabodji, though. But um, Dortmund now have added to that. They've done the Osoro. So Dembele, Jaden Sancho have joined from. Uh, France <laughs> and Manchester City. <laughs> Sorry, I completely forgot. Uh, it was when Dembele's old team, from the top of my head. Uh, I'll say Toulouse. Okay. And then Alexander Izak and Dan Axel Zagadu both left from AIK and PSG. These are like hugely rated players, like amongst some of the highest rated players, like in like under the age of eighteen in the world. And they've all left to go to Dortmund. They've all left like completely different cities, completely different cultures, all to go to Borussia Dortmund because the know they'll get through. It's known as. Uh, Die Wunderkind Fabrik, which is the German for the Wunderkind uh, Wunderkind factory. Is it one of them cases though, where like it's all well and good co- trying to say you're going to copy this model, but yeah. like how do you actually implement something that's obviously worked so well? Like it's going to be very difficult for us to get that right. I yeah, think to get the, the right people involved is the short-term success of the team on the pitch. Is it's going to mm-hmm. be investing inwards and worry about football later? I think that's what's going to be the big stumbling block for um, Sunderland fans and for the club is that we're going to be looking at making sure everything's great inside and then we'll worry about winning football matches after that. We've tried a a couple of models. We've tried the Udinese model and a Defantian with a... Oh, that worked. Angeloni, the head scout. (laughs) And we tried the Ajax model under Reid when the stadium light was first built. That's why Ajax played there because Reid was such a big admirer of Ajax's game in the way they work. (laughs) (laughs) Neither of which worked. The Ajax model got scrapped as soon as Reid got sacked and then 
the Udinese model was just horrendous because the, every single time, to Defanti's credit, I hate him, or more so Angeloni's credit, who was a half-decent scout, that every single first-choice player they tried to sign, they messed up in some way, and then the replacements were just not good enough. The Udinese model is similar. You, just, it, it's, you scout everywhere very early. And you've got like more scouts in, in the club but than you do a coaches or anything else. And you get these players in for cheap develop and then sell them on. So it's it's kind of very similar to the Dortmund one where it's looking for other ways. Like you've got FC Midtjylland, try the Moneyball model, which is statistically trying to go out and get the cheapest players, Brentford follow it, uh, who no one's ever heard of and develop them. It's, it's all ways of trying to compete without having to have the massive financial burden. We could do that. And that's because... Michael Zork, who's the sporting director of Borussia Dortmund, so he said, quote, we try to find extraordinary players when they are not at their peak. We develop them then, and at some time know they will eventually move on. That's easier now than it is in the Championship of the Premier League. Both of these were in the Premier League when we tried to do it before. You can't do that in the Premier League because of the risks, because of the cost mm-hmm. of falling out. There's, yeah. there's just, you can't lead that sort of rebuild when you're in the Premier League. Ironically, I don't think you can if you're in the championship because the championship to me is just a Premier League two now. You've just got to like put out fires, don't you? When you're in the Premier League and yeah. championship, it's a case of like, right, okay, we need a striker, we'll buy yeah. a striker. It's, it's just like just filling the gap. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing how many teams have got promoted from the championship by just having like the best striker in the division. Yeah, as simple as that. Yeah, but then <laughs> like, you, you look at like how many sort of of the like the best striker in the championship have gone to the Premier League and then just it just hasn't worked out for them. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just happened so many times where it just it just can't. The form can't be repeated in the Premier League. It's just, like, it's just look at like Cardiff. Like they all came up this year, but they've got like no plan. Like nah. what is the Cardiff City plan? There isn't one. Like they, they went up because of good free agent yeah. signings. I'd personally sack Warnock. Even said he's going to leave. I'd, I'd sack Warnock if I was Cardiff owner Vincent Tan. I'd, he's not. He won't keep them up. No, no. Nah, nah, he said. He, he said if he's like if he senses them falling away, then he's just going to leave and let them I mean, hire someone else. I yeah. think if I was Neil Warnock right now and I was listening to this podcast, I would definitely buy in Dong for like £10 million. <laughs> I think he'd be a shrewd signing. He's very um, competent. He can he can run. Lovely yeah, hair. Uh, good Stunning. hair. Um, he makes he, Lee Catamull look quick. decent. Yeah, he, he made Lee Catamull look that's, like that's for about special. 10 minutes. In fact, it was so good that Lee Catamull looked really bad to next to him. It fits Cardiff perfectly because all Cardiff players do is run and kick. That's yeah, all they played last season. <laughs> just yeah, describing football. <laughs> it's, a, it's got like some of those negative football in the championship, and they got them to second. Yeah. They did. <laughs> uh, they came to the same light, and they were just playing for time the whole game. Literally, as the first minute, it's nil nil. I was like, "Well, we'll take the draw, lads. We'll yeah. take the draw. Nothing Good point more." Away from home. <laughs> it's funny because I love it when we'd play like that. Like I love, oh, I love <laughs> shit out of some other teams, but they do it to us. It's like, hey, it's like, I hate Tony Pulis, but if he was Sunderland yeah. manager, when was the last time? I can't actually think the last time Sunderland won away from home where they did like in a, a, a professional away performance in quotation marks oh, it's always spectacular when we win like yeah <laughs> only one I can think of is uh, Nottingham Forest last year away, well, one one that, yeah. but yeah, apart from that that was quite sort of risk we got like, the draw against Wolves oh got a draw yeah. that was that was, <laughs> that was, that was a professional well. one Cats got sent off funny enough didn't Ndong actually get sent off against Cardiff yes didn't he play like an absolutely terrible game so why are they interested yeah yeah, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that fits in the model. Maybe that's their model. He's by good on, he's good on football manager. <laughs> is he Maybe one of a big FM fan. Is he not? Yeah. I would actually recommend, actually, just as a slight aside, that you put Sunderland in League One on FIFA 
and oh, do yeah, the promotion done, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. put the, the financial takeover on as well. Yeah, thing is with football managers is like I, I look at football manager as a realistic simulator. Mm. It just irritates us that transfers aren't done. Whereas FIFA, I just like, well, you know what? I mean, you just like, I changed Jaden Sancho for them and I was like, yeah, League One, that'll do. <laughs> Tammy Abraham. On loan. <laughs> yeah, I got him on loan. I haven't played FIFA in four and a half years or something, five years. That makes you a loser. I'm fine with that. You'll you, you notice a big difference. So, yeah. I used to get them like every year, then I missed a couple of years out, and I went back to it, and I was just like, this is just. I'm, I'm I can a, see a difference now. I missed one year, and honestly, I, I've never been the same FIFA player since. I used to be able to take anyone. I'm not saying I would beat them all, but I used to be able to take them. But now, useless, my mum could beat us. The best thing about the most recent FIFA is that you can impose a Dortmund model. Do you know how you do that? No. Nah. <laughs> well, it's about bringing back civic pride to the club, getting back on topic. Oh, right, okay, I see. I was like, how do you do that? <laughs> Please let me know. I have never done that before. It's like, you can't get youth scouts, but I haven't really looked at it. You can't at that point. You can actually hear the cogs in Connor's head going yeah, around. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I we're done with the Dortmund model. Always well, any more to discuss. One more thing, really. It's Go just, on, then. It's, it's not like... We're going to do this. It's going to work, and they're going to be the best team in the world. What? We're going to. That was the dream I was sold. We're going to. <laughs> we're going to win the Europe. The Europe. <laughs> we're going to play in Milan. Yeah, forty-six game winning streak next season. One hundred and thirty-eight points, just because we said we're going to do what Dortmund do. But That's no, it's it, it kind of fits. Suddenly, like Donald and Method themselves, have, and Jack Ross actually spoke about it on the recent Wise Men Say podcast. He mentioned Dortmund as well, and it's just a it's just a good model to follow. It's it's unparalleled. No one's done it again. No one's done it since, and no one probably will. But it's just a it's it's a good way of doing businesses that other clubs can follow, and we can follow that. I mean, the main thing for them is that it's a pathway from the academy to the first team. It's about the civic pride. Dortmund's a working class city. The only other thing they're proud as proud about the football team is that they've got the biggest tree in Europe, Christmas tree in Europe, or something like that. No way. Yeah, Does it just it. stays there all the time? Yeah, it's there all the time, Connor. That's interesting. It's not really a Christmas tree then, though. Surely. <laughs> it's <a tree. laughs> Surely. It's a tree then. How could it be the biggest Christmas tree if you don't chop it down? This is why we need to do a video podcast. Yes. So we just have <laughs> oh, we do that. close zero on the We Nicholas do actually do there. have a YouTube channel. <laughs> just saying. No. So it's not really the biggest Christmas tree. It's the biggest tree. It's the biggest Christmas tree. <laughs> How is it the biggest Christmas tree? A Christmas tree has to be knocked down. You're just, you're just it's not there all year like round. the whole city now by just saying that their biggest Christmas tree isn't a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> It can't be a Christmas tree. You're never welcome in Dortmund if, Some, if you end up going there. Somebody Google, like, like does a Christmas tree. So Sunderland are going to adopt the Christmas tree model. Yeah, <laughs> We're right. going to play the Christmas tree. What's that? A massive Christmas tree. Gus Poyet's going to turn the lights on every single year. <laughs> I'll take that. But So essentially, though, we're at a clean slate. Yeah, and this is the time to implement it. We couldn't really do it any other time. Something like this, we've got a chance to do it. The young players are hopefully going to stay at least as many as them as possible. People with the right attitudes who want to play for the club more than anything else. I mean, it's we've already got state of the art facilities. Our academy is absolutely brilliant. There's not many academies in the country better, especially in the northeast, and that's our yeah. recruitment pool. I mean, yeah. how many players have we got from Newcastle under the noses? Like Paul Thirlwell's from Gateshead, Jack Jack Colbeck's from Killingworth, Louis Lang's from Gosforth. These should be going to Newcastle. But the scouts are shit, and the academy's even worse. The academy's basically broken. It's awful. Players 
We should get Michael Martin on this. That would be perfect. <laughs> he would love to be on a Sunderland podcast and like slay Mike Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> While we'll bring in a bit of finances. Perfect. Sprinkle it in. Forget he exists. Yeah. I'd, uh, to be honest, I actually, like, as a, a cold wall Sunderland fan, just don't click on his articles. He only puts them on yeah. so that we yeah. click them and then he sells advertising. He, he does it for the attention. Yeah, He's a genius. He gets lots of it. Yeah. yeah he has to get <laughs> himself, too. He does. Like, he yeah, does it for the attention and he gets lots He's of like attention for it. Geordie Daily Mail, and he. There was a. Just as an aside, there's a Newcastle fans TV video that is a reaction to Charlie Methvin's comments that Newcastle are an arrogant club. Oh, is that Lee Lawler? It's like nine minutes. <laughs> Lee Lawler's hilarious. No, no, oh, like nine minutes. If um, any, also a message to some fans, if you want to laugh at Newcastle fans, just go on Lee Lawler's YouTube channel. It's hilarious. It's just some angry, deluded mag who just sits there and gets pissed off over nothing with a bed he's a 40 year old man 30 40 at least he's got a bedroom full of like newcastle posters and flags and shit it's almost getting a bit slanderous now (laughs) i'm just i'll offer a a bit of support like allegedly i like newcastle fans tv (laughs) but it's a good outlet yeah we need i I just think the dortmund model i like like how the owners and the manager are all on the same page about the idea of where they want the club to go now i've got some message like messages newcastle fans being like oh you're deluded with the fuck you think gonna be dortmund no, we don't. We just know this is the right way of doing business. It's this model that Sunderland can follow. That, that, that's the difference, though. It's like, we don't want to be Borussia Dortmund. We want to be Sunderland. Exactly. We we yeah. don't need to be no no secondary yeah. team. I, I can't, can't think of anything that would make Sunderland fans prouder than seeing a like a local lad wearing a captain's armband winning a football mm-hmm. match. I think yeah. that would... You know what I mean? That's, it's, that's what it boils down to. And we, you can make it happen by following that sort of model. It doesn't have to be to the T. We don't have to just, like, change yeah. our kit to yellow and black. We just have to... <laughs> A weird kit though. Invest properly. Be nice. Ooh, tell you yeah. what, I would wear a yellow and black kit. Like, <laughs> but it's like, as you said, like, it's so good. Just obviously, we've said about it's like each time we sack a manager, like it's never felt like a clean slate because we've always had the same ownership team, yeah. the same backroom staff. But now, like obviously, you know, there was in the news today that um, obviously Stockdale's gone, and then you know, obviously the, some of the players are starting to leave. We've got a new manager, new owners. Mm-hmm. Like this, actually, feels like a clean slate, and it's such a relief. It's just a shame that it's taken us to get relegated twice to things like to finally sort of look more positive, really. Yeah, like yeah. for the sake of us having a clean slate and starting again, going fresh start, I'm really pleased for that. But like, yeah. obviously, I'm not like happy for the people who've lost their jobs and whatever because they're talking about the rotten core and that. I don't, I don't know, right? As much as we've been bad for this long, I don't know if it's John O'Shea and Lee Catwell's fault. Their fault. I don't know if it's Robbie Stockdale's <laughs> fault. You know what I mean? I'm not going to just go ahead and assume that and. Because, you know, I've been there in the past and I've like, gone, like, do you know what, we just need to rip them out and just yeah. get them out, like, they're the problem. Yeah. You don't know what the problem was, but the fact is, in order to get this clean slate, we have to get rid of everybody. And yeah. it's brutal and it's unfair on a few people, or a lot of people, but... But it's, it's the thing, it's, it's never it's the people the benefit who just work at the club. The club. It's they're the ones build. I mean, it's, it's not even just the players on the pitch, it's outside. Like I said earlier, the academy's state-of-the-art, but it's utilised wrong. Like, our academy's basically... They don't develop players for players' development. They develop players for the academy development. Development. What I mean by that is that all they care about is winning matches. Generally, not all. They obviously want developed players. You look how good they have done. But one of the main aims is to keep winning and keep staying in that Premier League, that under twenty three Premier League bracket, which has got relegated from this season. But that's why they kept so many players on loan here when they could have been given chances to develop elsewhere. In yeah. in Dortmund, one of the main things they do is that it's not about winning matches. It doesn't matter if they lose two nil or win six nil. Every single player has been given an individual target of something where they must improve their game. Say the, the passes percentage ratio. The centre midfielder needs to have a better percentage passes percentage ratio than the last game, 
all it's about is about individual improvement within the team to improve yourself, to improve the whole. It's not just it's not just about the score at the final end. You of can't, course, like, it matters, but yeah, you can't force a winning mentality on a young player as well. Yeah. Like that has to come from them. If a player doesn't have that drive to, and a winning mentality, then they're mm-hmm. just not going to make it. You can't then try and force it on yeah. them. All you need to do is improve their fundamental skills, their, their technique, and then send them out on loan, which is where they earn that understanding of the game. And then by the time they hit that 20, 21-year-old mark, that's when they're ready to win things. Mm-hmm. You know, I've Arsene Wenger spoke about at length about his philosophy on raising like young players, and it's all about like bringing them in, teaching them the key fundamentals, yeah. and then you can teach them the the skills that make them stand out, and then they learn the game after that. Like you don't, yeah. you don't force they, they winning can, upon kids. They can like help. They can get an ethos in like, the Sullen ethos into some players. Like, George Honeyman knows what it's about being a Sullen fan. He's been going to Sullen matches since he was a little kid. <clears throat> He's a Sullen player. He's a Sullen fan through and through. Lyndon Gooch, on the other hand, came from Santa Cruz as ten at the age of ten. Came over at Sunderland part time with his dad every summer, and then finally moved over at sixteen. And he was—I remember in an interview on SCFC.com, he was praising like Bawley and praising the academy and the side that they taught them the work ethos that requires you to play for Sunderland to work hard. They used to make them go and just clean the dressing rooms on their own. Like that's old school. Not many yeah, guys do that's, that anymore. Yeah. That was the other thing Wenger said. He said the difference between the players who fall apart and fall away and the players yeah. who go on to be great are the ones who work hard. And that's like, remember when? Um, yeah, you know, just to pull a random example, like when Frank Lampard is at West Ham and Redknapp had that famous press conference oh, where yeah. he said, "Like this will be future England captain," and that. Well, that was because Lampard was the one who was staying behind after the mm. games doing that. Like, that's in. the type of thing we need to be worrying about, and not whether or not we've beaten Tottenham's, yeah. you know, under twenty threes. We've got the structure here to do to be better than what we are, to be much better than what we are. It's a kind of a cliche that's still under a sleeping giant, but there's nothing more true about that that's exactly what the club is there's good the facilities the size of the club the size of the fan base the size of everything it's much bigger than it should be right now and it's at what lowest ebb for another 30 years but that won't be forever and we need to find a way where we can utilise this potential and make it into something and now for one I'm delighted with the Methven, uh, Donald Methven and Ross because for the first time in a long time I'm proud to be a Sunderland fan now, I've always been proud of Based on a fan, the sense like they're my team. I'm going to follow them everywhere. Where You're proud of what wide. the club's actually doing, though. Yeah, it's yeah. for the first time we can have a conversation with people who were other club fan, fans of other clubs, instead of just being like, "Oh yeah, I'm a Sunderland fan." Yeah, okay. And getting that typical like, "Oh, sorry, mate, that yeah. was bad." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Now yeah. it's like, "No, sorry, piss off." As Worst one. Said, piss off. Now we're Sunderland. Yeah, I, I, work, I used to work in a pub, and I had a West Ham fan come up. A West Ham fan, and he was giving me sympathy for sporting Sunderland. He sports <laughs> fucking, how tragic is that? He sports West Ham. <laughs> Absolute tragedy. <laughs> your taxes pay for their stadium. So I know. know. So Who's the loser there? Afford your own stuff. Right. Uh, are we older on on the Dortmund model? We're we moving on yeah. to the second section. There is three sections to this show, nicely labelled in bold. <laughs> so this is going to be a lot of questions about transfers. So the mighty Quinn, who called me Chris on Twitter, <laughs> my name is Connor. <laughs> Which I'm surprised he doesn't know. Like of all the rogue reporters, I'm the one who slaps my face on like everything. Like, if there's a camera there, like I'm there. Face <laughs> to slap on. <laughs> and yeah, they're there. I was too busy laughing. I'm guessing it was derogatory. Yeah, we'll just leave um, it. You can hear it so later. This is a topic. A quick, a quick five minute topic. Uh, in reality, how many players will Jack need? I presume it means Jack Ross, not Rodwell. <laughs> to bring the club yep, to swear, to bring to the close game promotion on the first time of asking. First time of asking. So how many players do we need? Good. I think 15. I was thinking about at least a dozen. Yeah, at least 
yeah, between 12 and 15. Just why I don't think we'll win be... the league easily. If we do win the league, it'll be through magic, well, we I need, think. We've uh, got no centre-backs, no senior centre-backs. No, yeah, that's, that's what we need. Like, we only win the league if everybody else in League One is just absolutely shite. They don't have Don Love. It's true. <laughs> I mean, Don Love. Do Love is all we need. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, if you actually look at our defence, right, Kone is going to be away, probably, yeah. I suspect. O'Shea's Dilla gone. Dilla will be yeah. away. O'Shea's gone. Yeah. Bieland's gone. Jay Clark's obviously alone. We actually have no centre-backs. Like, yeah, we don't have We do not have a Adam Matthews and Donald Love on like, either full-back. <laughs> and then we've got Denver Hume, who's about like four-year-old, yeah, so he can't play. <laughs> and Oviedo. What about um, as well? Billy Jones as well? He's knocking around, isn't he? No, he's out of contract. Is he? Oh, yeah, thank God, God for that. <laughs> that's that's got, the nicest thing I've heard. I got hammered on Twitter, right? So I, I, I said on one of my YouTube videos, I was like, right, Billy Jones was okay in the Premier League for West Brom. And then I proceeded to like lay in one for his time with Sunderland. And somebody was like, I can't take your opinion seriously because you said Billy Jones is okay in the Premier League. I was like, he well, was all right. He, West Brom. <laughs> yeah, he, he did okay. That's yeah. why we signed him because yeah, he like did he was, okay. He was nothing outstanding, but he literally just did the job. For West Brom, yeah. so if you can do that first, then good. The, the, like, the, the past pace. ten, like five, at least roughly ten years, we've spent trying to sign a right back who was better than Bardsley. Yeah, it didn't work that. like for Bardsley. Ages. Bardsley, Bardsley shit. he was not very good. He was all right, but the amount of times I've watched mediocre Premier yeah. League winger go past him like he wasn't yeah. even yeah. there. Like we've got Chimbonda for a little while in. We've got Hutton for a little while. Like Bardsley survived all of this. Wayne like, Bridge, he was left back when he. No, we left back. Yeah. And Alan Hutton, to be fair, did kick him out the team because then Bardsley then got even worse. Yeah, but I think what helped with Bardsley was like he'd score the odd really good goal, and I think that would make some people think like, oh, he's, he's scoring goals, he's fine. Oh, he's, he's, he's not yeah. there to score goals; he's there to like stop wingers. He you used know? to Bardsley used to infuriate me because he used to always make a mistake, but then he would recover, yeah. and he would always get pretty, what a last ditch yeah. tackle! People would be clapping. Like, he shouldn't be making a last ditch yeah. tackle. <laughs> <laughs> he, should, he should be hairing out, staring at the heels <laughs> <I> of <told laughs> Sean Wright Phillips going down the left wing. <laughs> <laughs> So you shouldn't have had to track back and no, yeah, attack in anyway. You should have just got the job done in the first position. place. Yeah, so. He has scored the best goal I've ever seen. And that was not by any means any like, oh, the, I was thinking to him. Semi-final. Semi-final. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking oh, that. Was yeah. Like, what? like straight down De Gea and De Gea shovels it in the net. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Do you oh. remember when De Gea was shit as well? That yeah, was that season? That was Moyes, that man. Davy Moyes. Right, so anyway, we need a number. So I've said 15, you said at least a dozen. So I'll be 12. I'll go with 13. 13? <laughs> we'll just need a clone Don Love 10 times and we'll be fine. Do you only think just 10? Just to count nah. the players that we need, right? Um, so we need... Yeah, it's a full rebuild. But we need one keeper I, I'll at least. take Matthews and Love at fullback. Yeah. You still need another two fullbacks. So, yeah. So another two two fullbacks, four centre-halves. Yeah. At least. You got a the goalkeeper. goalkeeper. Yeah. Because, you know, Steele can sit on the bench, can't he? it? Yeah. We're actually okay in centre-mid. We centre-mid, we've got McNair, we've got... Gooch. Catmull. Gooch I'd probably Gooch. play Honeyman, Gooch a bit yeah. further up, and Honeyman would play in there, I think, in midfield. Embleton. I'd play Embleton some minutes this season, but I Robson. wouldn't. Robson. I like Robson. Robson, would get I hope Robson gets a good one. Yeah. yeah so I we'll probably need a centre midfielder. Yeah. We'll need like yeah. a senior midfielder who's Wingers. got some legs under him still. Depends if you keep because if they keep McGeady, which I mean I wouldn't really be opposed ah, to that. that. I you I, I, I don't think he'll stay though. Like even if you want him to, I can see him going to some. Championship, yeah, you'll get a bailout. So, uh, any, if anything jumps up, I think McGee will be gone. Yeah, he's not. I'm going to say we one. need another two wingers anyway because we, we need we just do and then strikers. yeah, I mean, it, it, we've got Josh yeah, Madger, Joel Osoro, who's probably going to play as but, a winger. I was going to say Joel Osoro be left wing, won't yeah, he? Yeah, he'll be a winger, and Madger won't get enough minutes. Do you think really, so. season, so. do you think we'll keep hold of the Soto, or do you think he'll be away? I think he'll probably be away. They can't get him sight on you. It depends how he's responded to. 
Donald and Meffin going up to him and saying, like, listen, yeah. you're not leaving unless we yeah. get money for it. I him. actually yeah. think that Joel Osorio wants to stay. I don't believe for one minute that he's going to be actively looking, but I think yeah. he's got a knobhead agent. I, I, reckon he's got, I reckon he's got a knobhead agent, because most people do, but I reckon he's Am also... He'll, 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 he'll definitely be of the opinion <laughs> that if, like, a club in the Championship or Premier League come in for him, he'll want to go. Yeah, can't really blame him. If I was Sunderland, to be fair, I would try and sell him like a lower Premier League team who might actually play him, so they can yeah. get that sell-on there's, there's I'd have, few... have a massive sell-on for yeah, like Joel because like, he's, he's got potential. There's only a few teams in the Premier League at the minute who'd buy him. Realistically, I can see him going to one of the someone in the Championship, and then, as he said, put in a sell-on clause because if he if he does end up at a bigger club, you know, three, four, five years down the line. Well, He's a proper Leeds United signer. One of the things I was thinking, though, with him is the sort of money we'd want for him, I don't think any championship club could afford to pay that for potential. For Yeah. And then I think any yeah. Premier League team will think that he probably isn't good enough to play in the Premier League. So I think he'd actually... He might he's, be bit... he's one of them awkward ones where he yeah. probably just isn't quite good enough to get the money that we want. So I don't know about that. He's not good enough yet. No. If he has <laughs> I still like him, another season with us, I think maybe... I know he, obviously he's in the lower league down but you know if he gets some attention in there you know goes up the score like if he if he has a season if he has a season where he he gets like maybe double figures in goals or assists and then like a decent tally on the yeah. other side that'll get him some attention and then in scores at least one worldy he'll probably get a move to like he's, he might even skip the championship he's and been linked with Prem. PSG and Bayern in the past like yeah, I think was his awesome. agent though wasn't it he's, he's got the potential to be good enough to play at least Premier League football at the very minimum but like he's he's not field. big enough. He's not strong enough. He needs to develop no, he's, physically. He's not. And I think the best thing for Hassor will be is to stay at least for a year at Sunderland. Get Ross, whoever it is, Donald, talking to him and say, "Look, stay here for a year. Get we back in the championship because you're going to thrive in this league. Get yourself bulked up. We'll look out. Yeah, like you just work hard, hit the yeah, gym. Yeah. And I, do some work. Um, like, I think look League what One done for loan players in the past coming down this division. Covent, uh, Henderson went to Coventry in news. Yeah. Even just look at Jordan Pickford over the last couple of years from where he was when he first started for Sunderland. Mm-hmm. They just have, well, he's, he's actual physical body shape. And yeah. now look, look at him now, he's like a unit. Yeah. Nasora started very early. Players are starting later and later. That's why the under-23s 20, uh, under now instead of the under-21s the Premier League 2. So Nasora is starting very early. He's made yeah, his debut in 17. I was looking at like players in the England squad, like young players and that. I was like, oh, Jesse Lingard, he's only, he must be young. He's like 25, 26 now. Yeah. He's, like, he's, yeah. he's prime of his career, there. really. Come on, on. I think with Harry um, Kane still, he's like 24. Look, there's like four years difference between Lingard and Walcott. Like, Walcott's been around forever. Yeah, you think? Yes. <laughs> that is unreal, that. But Walcott was weird, wasn't he? It would be good for like, so the Stain League one as well because it'll, it'll help him toughen up as well against like League One defenders. Because, yeah, you know, if. You can't do like all like the the tricks and turns that in League One because you know he's going to get put on his ass by. Probably and he'll not get a free kick for it as well. That'll be good. Exactly, it might teach yeah, him to stop diving as well. Yeah, that'll be the, the good thing is that we're in for the first time in years. We're in power. We're in the position to say, it. Yeah. "That's not enough. Go away." I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the prices that we demand for or ask for players aren't going to be as high as we want them to be as fans, yeah. and I think that's like. Like McNair's going to be if he goes and he end, he'll end up going for like five million yeah. around that mark and people will be like oh well, he's worth at least I mean, McNair's got three so, years in his deal. So that's is, true. He probably is no, worth that much. McNair, but the day, four. As much as we can refuse to let people go, I'm sure he did. Still... I did not go on the other day. I'm sure was it was just a four-year deal when he came. I mean, Asoro's only got the one year left, so it was Marja. So but it's Asoro difficult because get to combo. Try and get the price. But the thing is, what sort of compensation do you get for a League One player? Not a lot. Not much. Yeah, anyway, much. right. I'm going to move on to so Gav, our managing editor. Uh, Who? Probably Who's he? <laughs> Gavilar. You'll know him. He's a knobhead. 
<laughs> I'm sure I saw him got I'm sure I saw him get megged or someone leave a week. Did I? That time I because we were all on the losing team and Paddy was on the winning team. The teams were a fix. Oh, I right. came on as a striker and as soon as I came on, like Paddy was the centre off and I'm like, right, let's shit house the cunts in it. Uh, <laughs> we don't like, say that word on the podcast, Chris. Sean, sorry mate. Yeah. Um but no and Paddy was like, Is that normally what strikers say when they run up the field? <laughs> I was like, well I'm not really a striker, so that would <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, Gav asks thoughts on the Kazri Kone stance, right to stand for him and stick risk being stuck with them. So I mean this is referring to a, I think asking for six million for Kone and ten million for Kazri. Yeah. I'd personally uh to throw my thoughts on that. I would say that that is good news. Apart from Coney, like they'll never get six million for that donkey. Uh, I, 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 like <laughs> I like I like the stance. Um, I think personally, just listen to what Kazri says in the media, and that obviously you've got to sort of see him do it. But he, to me, he seems like the type of player that as long as we've promised to sell him if we get the money, he'll just sort of go like, right, fair enough then. If he doesn't get sold, whereas Coney, I think if he doesn't get sold, someone will have to hand him like a Samaritan's number because he could be in trouble. Yeah. Because he he just does not want to be here. Like no. he he plays well. Like when he's when he's actually when he engages briefly. Like last season, he he would briefly engage in a football yeah. match for about half an hour. When he remembers his Southern player, and he looked he looked good. Like but then and you could see we looked we suffered for without him being there and his physical presence that would be great in League One. But he just does not want to be here. He's got bad feet, hasn't he? I was like yeah. every time he seems to pick the ball from centre back, and you see him, he's like, oh, I, I can make that thirty yard <laughs> yeah. sideways pass over there at the winger, and then he just hits it and he just spoons when, it for a corner. Yeah, so if like the ball ends up back at his feet and you're just thinking like are you just does not feel comfortable yeah. like, when he's got, it's like what's he going to do he's never really made any bad like defensive mistakes with no. the ball like he has given away a few times but he's never like passed about the keeper shot or something yeah yeah. has he ever actually been directly other than like marking up or things like that has he ever actually directly made a mistake That's, like, yeah he did, there was a I can't remember what goal it was we conceded so many last year there was a particular goal I can think of in my head though where he was at fault where it's not had like, wrong. but it's not like the goalkeeper situation where you could like literally run out of fingers counting the amount of times a goalkeeper has cost us. Oh, aye, it's right. Like, Sorry okay. to bring that up. We want to so, reason next lose. question, <laughs> Daniel Moore. Well, that's not really a question. Uh, it's just more of a, a statement. So, What's John that? O'Shea, right decision that he's gone. I suspect the answer is, is a resounding yes. Oh, we'll, definitely. Yes, we'll pro O'Shea going. What are Redden doing? If, 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 if O'Shea, how, how has he got another season in the championship? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the, the worry is for me though is that Paul Clement will have hired him and said like, "Do a season, sit on the bench, and then coach, and then be a coach." And I would have quite liked O'Shea as a coach. That's the only way I would have kept him here. That's the only way I would have kept him. Like, but obviously, yeah. Jack Ross has come in and he's gone. I don't want him as a coach. And that's yeah. like, to be fair, if he's yeah. the gaffer and he doesn't want to work with him, then he can't. O'Shea stay, wanted so. to stay for a year, and Ross said no. Ross wanted to start again, which is I, I yeah. personally agree with yeah. entirely. Yeah, yeah, I haven't got a problem with that. Nope, I agree. Okay, Jay Chapman asks, what is an acceptable offer for McNair? Will you share any juicy info since you and Stu are besties? Um, um, we'd never betray Stu, Stu like that. Stu likes, um, he likes nah. lager and long walks on the beaches. That's yeah. not... Long walks on the beaches is new information, but he did already <laughs> express his love for lagers. So I'm a massive lads fan. If we can get like... If we can get anything more than six massive million from him, yeah, he is massive. That's funny. Yeah, if we can get any more than six mil from there, then that that'd be decent. Profit so. is yeah. bare minimum. Like it was five and a half mil for McNair and Love. Profit is bare minimum. If they're going to say things like we're not getting the piss taken out of anymore, they've got to get the profit. Yeah, just yeah. slipped. I would just even say even if it is just like a minimum profit, just a statement of intent. We made three profits on transfer windows in the like last six years. 
first one, bang. If he's going to go, we want a profit. If he's not, he's staying. He's got another couple of years left on his deal and he's our player. We're in control. I just think, just literally just slap 10 million on him. It's like, you know what? People won't pay yeah. 10 million, but just yeah. slap it on him and then somebody will get as close as they can. Well, People will panic. That's what, ha- that's what happened with Kazri and Kone as well. Kazri, there's no way Kazri and Kone are going to be a Southern player by the end of the season, uh, end of the window. And there's a hope in hell. But what the, the tactic is, is it's going to push the price up. The no Kone is a wanted property. There was 18 million bidding for him three years ago. There's going to be. I wonder where Two years ago, where can you see Coney yeah. fitting in though? Like obviously, because he, he he wanted to leave the championship to play football better. Do you think he'll end up just going abroad? Because I can't see him getting a position in he any Premier League squad. End up in like Dubai or something. I wouldn't try to abroad. I could yeah. see Kazri getting getting a place on a Premier League squad. Well, Kazri's Tunisia star player. And Tunisia well, are the best African team in African qualifying for the World Cup. We need a, his like, price is going to go up. His, his World Cup's going to be key. For we need us. a bank yeah. on him. We need a bank on him and Oviedo. To be fair, we just need him to smash a hat trick past Hink, past uh, Pickford, and that'll be ideal, wouldn't it? Really. Courtois, um, Courtois. <laughs> <laughs> I think also because we mate, he's got a chance to sort of sell himself at the World Cup as well, hasn't he? Obviously, I mean, uh, Coney won't be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, if he's on the Conway. world stage... Like... Won't make any difference to Coney, though. He'll just post a couple of Instagram videos, won't he? Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> sources... incredible. <laughs> if sources... I don't know, the odd bit, yeah. yeah. If sources are being like back with McNair, it, the, the, the price has already doubled in a week, and it's not even... Anyway, there's still nine weeks left in the transfer. So what was the original by price? By nine weeks, it's going to be like forty-five million. That, I mean, <laughs> that's, right what that's what you're that saying. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> I, I want McNair to stay. Personally, I would keep yeah. him and rebuild the team would, around I'd him. I'd make him my captain and just run the run the club around him. Yeah. Like, Obviously, there's the caveat that he's injury prone, but he got a, he got this first full run of games towards the end of the season. It's not like it's anything. <clears throat> he had one broken leg, but then the other ones are little niggling injuries. Was it it's like not the knee? same place every it's time. Just, and it's the type of thing that niggling injuries, they need a full summer to heal. So mm-hmm. hopefully if he has rested properly after these nationals. Yeah. That, that seems well like with these sort of little injuries. Like, you know, he plays in mm-hmm. midfield. That's sort of like part of the job, isn't it? Like you, You're going to yeah. pick up these little knocks every now and again. That's what Johnny Williams is. Johnny Williams is the same. He's just like, you know, you're going to pick up knocks. <laughs> Even though he's just spent his whole entire existence injured on the sidelines. Right, okay, we're going to have to move on because uh, I've realised we've got so many questions to go through and we've basically not went through any because of that Dortmund model at the start. Yeah, it's good. Dortmund. So has Paddy McNair gone from overrated to underrated back to overrated again in his time with SAFC? You know, I would probably like say yes because when he initially came and he scored that one goal against Man City, I was like, what a donkey. And then I, I, was, I, was, I was good for him. Nah, he's a donkey. We were drew that game. <laughs> we won the league. Dragon, if Dragon, if you didn't make that mistake, we'd have stayed up. Definitely. Fuck David. I Morris. think if I was going to look back, at it, <laughs> <laughs> that was the pinnacle moment. In the, no, but definitely still would have went so down. So much vitriol behind that list. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think, actually hate David Moyes. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, let's. I mean, this is this is. We're in a good mood. We've got new owners. <laughs> David Moyes. <laughs> this is memory, guys. But no, I think uh, I think McNair came rated because he was. You know, he, he's the one who asked to leave. Like Mourinho didn't sell him. Like McNair went, I want to play football, and yeah. I'm not going to because you're about to sign. You also just want to play centre back under Louis Van Halen. Moyes, he, he made his debut at centre back. He's never been a centre back in his career when he signed from Valencia. He, he actually did well as a centre back as well. I, I thought yeah. he was a centre back I mean, until the moment crisis. he signed for us. Didn't he, he played make, alongside McCarrick? Didn't he make his debut for Sunderland? Didn't he come on as a centre back? I'm sure. Yeah, he started off as a defender. Then, obviously, at the end of last season, we put him in mid. Midfield and he's, he ran the show most weeks. It was his best spell uh, he before spell. he got his first injury. His best spell was playing centre mid when Moyes moved him up a bit. But he did make That's his true. Day. He came on at centre back. Yeah, doesn't he, like he looks like the type of player who doesn't particularly want to defend. Like 
you put he, him in field, give him the ball. Obviously, I, he, has, he takes his responsibility probably, but he doesn't look like he wants to focus more on actually having the yeah, ball and playing I, football yeah. and stopping. I can see why like people look at him. He kind of does look like a centre back. He's quite big. He's got all like them natural attributes, but he utilizes that. Yeah. His feet are. Uh, yeah, he, um, yeah, he's and he's superb he's on the good. ball. Like, yeah. he's, he's, yeah. his touch is excellent. He's got good vision. He dribbles well. He doesn't like make sloppy mistakes. He makes mistakes when he's trying mm-hmm. things, and I don't mind that in a player. That's why People, I didn't mind McGeady because yeah. he would fuck up because he was trying to. Yeah, but that's what Jack Ross said as well. Ross said he doesn't in his interview. He said that he doesn't mind when players make mistakes in the final third. That's the most difficult part of the game. Yeah. As long as you're trying to make something happen. If you don't try, nothing will ever happen. Yeah, it's that like I, I like that. McNair's like that. With the link play with him in love was excellent. But like, Whereas Catamore looks scared to play the ball <laughs> forwards. Yeah. Uh, and Dong was the same. When he, he got the ball, he, he, uh, when he first... I'm telling you, man, Neil Warnock's listening. It's eight million. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> the number of times I've seen him screaming at players that are older than him because he's got the authority to take the ball forwards and attack it's unbelievable <laughs> yeah. I really honestly the, the amount of times he came so close to scoring oh. I mean that, that one goal he scored he, he, he 25 yards from Palace <laughs> right okay uh, God, so Black Black Cat Yank very good oh, American fan mm. I mean you'd hope so catchy Otherwise, yeah, that's, so, that's maybe, a terrible yeah. name uh, next player in and next player out best guess when it's all said and done how much will be spent on players this summer we've also we'll have kind of ranked positions of need um, so first bit next player in has anybody got a guess next player in Marcus Madison oh, where are you getting 20 million from Stuart Donald fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> is, that, is that the price <laughs> no 10 or something nah, they said that they couldn't afford to put it's Darren McAnthony Darren McAnthony always bullshits every single window that's you, true you'll, you'll accept it's probably a couple of mil he like three or four he win the lead though nah, he's a good lad didn't he HITC one of them clickbait he's, articles he's a got massive me. lads fan saying that it's one of them just a PS sponsored thing and it was like you'll never believe it Derek McAnthony believes he'll win League One and I'm like oh you better believe I'm going to click it there it was it was like yes what a win and then the next article was like you'll never believe what Triple H did in 2002 I was like well I'm clicking that one as well we had an article on the site as well in Rook Report um that would be linked on Sky Sources but with the Walsall attack midfielder Erhan Oztuma the Turkish Messi I hate that I hate people calling him that he's, he's very, he's very I, hate the, I hate the anything the yeah. blank Messi it's yeah, just it's a awful. stupid thing to call it's, it's usually somebody from that country's FA or that club's board who says it because it can drive up price because there'll be someone idiot somewhere be like oh I'll sign him like Steve Bruce with the Egyptian <laughs> Beckham <laughs> the Egyptian Beckham and you know what is right he was a decent player but he was never a David Beckham like he, didn't Old, have, uh, he was a quick and the, the only thing El Mohamedy could do was jump and he was good at winning. Slightly headed ball. He, he, he could oh, jump really high. <laughs> I was a big fan. Yeah, he just, just jump really high and then run fast. No, right. Simon Mignolet is caught. Goal kicks every time. Yeah, every time. But that's when like, he'd, he'd get the ball on the wing and say, "Oh, he's in a decent area." Then he'd well, either, he'd, he'd just cross. <laughs> Best thing yeah, he'd either pull like a shit cross, you know. Go on then, the Beckham, go on. <laughs> the best thing about El Mohamed is that he had to spell his name wrong so we could say it right. <laughs> his, his name's completely spelt wrong just so we'd say it right. That's good. That shows that he's a comedy. <laughs> now on the flip side, talking that sort of year, do you remember, I think we played Blackburn in the Cup and Marcos Angeli, we made his only appearance and he crossed a ball that like that went horrendous. almost into the top tier of the North Stand. <laughs> he had nice hair though. He did, to be fair. Did he? Yeah. I remember him. <laughs> I don't judge a man by his appearance. What can Says I say? Saturday's saloon chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Oz, shallow as the rest we, of We linked with Oztuma and Oztuma's basically 
a very good attacking player at this level. He's diminutive. He's five foot three, but he scored seventeen goals last season, fifteen goals the season before that. He's the sort of player who can make a difference at this level. So you're saying you think it'll be him? It's free agent as well. So I, th- I think we would definitely have an interest according to Sky sources. I have no idea who's going to be first to come in because it's like it's difficult to really predict because you sort yeah. of. We've got so many different angles. Like we've got the Scottish angle now with Jack Ross. We've got like his his old squad at St Mirren. Kyle McGuinness, got... people like that. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> no, I just Google literally him. googled it. I was there. I was like, oh, I get Kyle McGuinness. Yeah. It's like all of these all of these names have been linked with it. It'd be difficult to know what our sort of strategy is going to be until we make that first signing, and then yeah. you can go. Oh, well, the second signing is going to be this. I think yeah. it will be somebody from Scotland, whether it's either from St Mirren or maybe like Hibernian. I think I know we've been linked yeah, with a couple of players from Hibernia. Dylan yeah. McGuff and John McGinn massively. McGuff was very highly rated at Celtic a couple of years ago as well, but his career kind of tailed off a little bit in Scotland. He, he was a young winger and then has dropped deeper and dropped more central. Now he's a kind of like a shit Scott Brown, basically. But he could do Scott a job Brown. in the Scott one. Brown was the shit Scott Brown. <laughs> Don't talk about Scott Brown like that. <laughs> Scottish, I've already established. I'm, I'm totally anti home Right, okay. Scottish Brown. So, next player out, I think it'd be Diddy and Dong, won't it? It's seemingly, yeah. Yeah, it looks yeah. that way. So. It looks like we're going to wait for the World Cup with Casarino Viedo to get the price driven up. It looks like we're going to wait for anybody who actually want to buy Rodwell and Coney. Uh, I, st- I don't think Rodwell will leave. <laughs> yeah, Rodwell's be... going to be... Oh, don't say that. And I think we're he's not going to be going anywhere, don't he? Right, OK, I'm going to have to keep moving on here because you just keep expanding on the... I mean, I love it, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we've got a schedule to work upon here. I'm not even in the final section yet. We're already at 48 minutes. He's actually. strangling the creativity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to be, like, authoritative for the first time in my life. Uh, how much will be spent on players this summer? I think it'll be about 10 mil. So, between 12 and 15. <sighs> oh! I think, yeah, I think we'll... Ambitious. Yeah. Pissing in the wind, really trying to figure it out, isn't it? It, it is quite hard yeah. to. I think. It's like it's, it, it's Stuart Donald said, like yeah. we've got a transfer kitty that's there. We need to use it, but we're not going to use it because it's there. Yeah, he, said, yeah. So, he has said that every penny that goes out on transfers will be going back in on transfers, whether it's not this season or in the future. But the highest ever league one transfer budget was three million. You don't need to spend ten, fifteen million to win this league. No. I mean, when we do spend 10, 15 million, we'll beat all these jobbers, win every single game, and have a party <laughs> down at Plymouth Lido, then we'll, then we'll be It's fine. like, look, when, like, obviously Blackburn came down and they had Danny Graham up front. I mean, he yeah. can't have cost them much, and, you know, he was scoring goals most weeks. And I'd love Danny it, Graham back. You got them on a free transfer. <laughs> get so, Jordan Rhodes in. Bradley Dark went to Blackburn on a free transfer. Like, all these players go yeah. generally for free because they've been cast yeah. off elsewhere. Especially when it's a club like Blackburn, and in our case, <clears> because we're big clubs, and Blackburn was a big club for League like, One. Oh, massive. Yeah. Like, but players who are like for... players who are English players who've got the right mentality, the ones that like Stuart Don's already said, like we're after players who want to play for a big club, we're not after yeah. players after a big paycheck. Yeah, they're, a... they're out there and they'll come. There isn't a lot of money sort of going around in that league because it is mainly sort of like free transfers and that. Yeah. So, like you said, we're not going to need millions to do well, and we won't have to bribe players to come here anymore. No, we we yeah. are like <laughs> we are the Manchester United of League One at the minute. It sounds horrendous to say, but. <laughs> We've sold 18,000 season Martin tickets. Michael Martin sitting at home somewhere thinking... <laughs> <laughs> We've sold 18,000 season tickets already. We need to sell more as well. Like People who haven't bought one need to get along because we need everyone back together in the stadium as so, much as possible. So they've set a target of like 20,000. Yeah. They'll smash that. It, we're already, we've already hit higher than every single average in League One last season apart from one club. Bradford, Bradford, yeah. yeah. Bradford their their season one. ticket programme is excellent. Like, yeah. Uh, and like, we're going to get... Cheap, we're gonna, it's going to be the biggest... Stadium to ever have in the being League One, the biggest, probably the biggest crowds to ever be in League the One, the biggest half full stadium, the best team ever <laughs> to play in League One, <laughs> the best owner to ever be in League One. Yep. <laughs> but no, it's, we shouldn't be in this level, and we need to 
basically get out as soon as possible. <clears throat> okay. Right, we're on the final section now. There was a question above, but it would just take too long to go through. So I'm, We'll just I'm say it anyway, and we'll just go, ooh, that would take a while. The, the question <laughs> was from Tom with a T, and it was, personally, would like a breakdown of who's on what wages and realistic run-through of who we can afford to keep and who needs to be sold. I'll tell you what, Tom. We'll do an article on it for you. Aye, so we'll do an article. Yeah, Con will do an article for or you. we'll do on Rogue Report TV. And that's just essentially me. So, so we'll, just do, we'll just do a 10-minute report TV of Connor yeah. reading out the wages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. You try a different accent. Right, okay. So this section is some general stuff. Ooh. Graham Field asks, just for a bit of a laugh, really, as things are still in their early stages of development in the club, but, in capital letters, how many seasons <laughs> until we are back in the Premier League? One. <laughs> what? <laughs> There'll be a scandal. Every team will be match fixing next year, and we yep. are the only ones who didn't. Because we've got the one thing out. I do hope is that we we'll get Coventry away first game of the season. Go we've down. We've had that before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we can go shout at yeah, those Jimmy Hill loving nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. First game, Battle Quinn's cry. first game. It was a Coventry in the Championship. Yeah, we played, played them all four or five first game. Didn't we? we beat them. It was six or seven. We lost two one. Gary yeah. Sheffrey scored a win in the seventy eighth minute. Oh, yeah. Right. Talking about that earlier on today. I mean, going to do a. We're going to do a. No, um, yeah, yeah. And Stern John scored their first. Yeah, and, went and, <laughs> and we signed oh, in that well, season. Now we did a four or five first game. Oh well. We're going to do a sweepstakes this season. Sweepstakes this season for how many town centres Nicholas is going to get banned from. Hopefully not Burton because Burton's the best away game last season. Home of Carl. I'm gonna be Wimbledon as well. Wim- or any anything with a terrace would be fine. It'll be great. Wimbledon would be. I've, I've got a feeling Wimbledon well, fans will be really great next season league. because they're just over the moon. They're above Memphis. No, I'm dons. saying yeah. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. first time. I was oh, buzzing for them when, they, uh, when it happened. Right. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say it's gonna take uh, four seasons. I think five. Uh, I think it's gonna take longer than that. I think we'll end up doing an Aston Villa in the Championship, but we'll get there in the end. Aston Villa haven't got there yet. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. We'll. I think we'll do that. I think we'll get up um, from League One this season. This season, yeah. And then we'll float about in the Championship while we just amass. We amass our power again, and then we'll. Yeah, yeah. I I think by the time we get the Premier League, though, we'll be ready to stay in the Premier League, and we won't just be going up. Like I would be worried if we went up in two seasons. Yeah, if you look at odds as well, like you're more likely to go. You're more. There's teams. You look in the past teams. You're actually more likely after promotion from like such a massive high of winning League One the way you do and rebuild like that. You're more likely to go up again than you are to get relegated. Yeah, odds are the usually quite good. For especially teams. the big Southampton did yeah. that, didn't they? Yeah, they Southampton, went Norwich, back, Wolves, straight away. Southampton, Leicester, all of them. Wolves, I think yeah. Southampton went, went Wolves straight got the, away. Two, Wolves got the points years. record. Were they in the season? Were they in the Championship one yeah. season and went up the after? Wolves went a double relegation, then got the points record in League One. Spent a year rebuilding. Yeah, and banged it. So Josh, in the cha- yeah. Is this a third year in the champ? Second, isn't it? I think it's no, it's a third because they third, had Zenga last year. Of course, what and then they had Jack at the year before. Yeah. Right, okay. Mickey Luff, uh, former Rogue reporter and part of Wise Men's Safe. Luff, big Mickey. Aye, right, good lad. He's a good lad. In your opinion, I presume this means all of our opinions, what has been the most surreal aspect of the past few weeks following the lads' happiness? It, it just feels like it's the most unprofessional thing. Like, do you know what I mean? It, it's just because of the way we've been. I've, like me personally, I'm like, like young enough where it's like my sort of Sunderland experience is the very end of like Phillips and us going down basically, and then Ellis Short. Yeah, that's like my Sunderland experience. So the idea of a owner just tweeting at people saying what exactly what's going on in the club, like it's so bizarre to me. Like it seems like, yeah, it seems like. I feel like it's impossible in the Premier League for clubs to do that because there's so much at stake and there's so much money and they're just they're so much above it all. 
Whereas we're like, it feels unprofessional. That's what's really weird to me. Like, obviously it's not. And like, Stuart Donald is a total professional. He's doing a great yeah. job in that. No, nope, you've said it now. Chris Cam, Stuart Donald <laughs> is unprofessional. Get out of feels, our club. I it think just feels really weird, doesn't it? How it's like... No, can, I don't know it's almost mean. like like people were yeah. just asking him questions on Twitter and he was going, oh yeah, I'll get a sort for you. Like my mate went to play on, uh, my mate Billy from work, he went on, um, play on the pitch and they, they were told that they weren't going to get the lights on and then Stuart Dahl took over so we asked him if he put the lights on and they put the lights on. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they would have put the lights on anyway but think... it's nice to think that Stuart Dahl was the person who turned the switch. Yeah, it's because we aren't, we aren't used to it because as you said, like we've had so much, we've had so long of like it's, uh, an owner who's basically been well, he hasn't been in the North East, yeah, has he? Ninety percent. Yeah. And now to have someone who's like, you know, meeting fans in the ticket office and then, you know, going to the the, the tavern and that and just being you know, on Twitter as well, just like answering fans and, you know, mm. actually listening to what they're saying it's, and everything. It's just we aren't like, other teams probably have that. I can't really think of any off the top of my head. But No, I th- I think I was not, not at any level the day, yeah, no, no, I, I don't yeah. think any big club ever has had ownership that is no, this so personal yeah it's, does, yeah, does it's Darren McCantley do that at Peterborough no yeah, wait, I don't know I, don't, I was trying to think of like chairman who would, you could sort of name they're not but many the thing chairmen, is though, like Peterborough again though, like that's yeah. they're just nowhere near like the size of this like it's, yeah. it's ridiculous I mean, we are really. in a bubble like we don't we don't know we'll, like some of the team's chairman because it's not our team yeah, yeah like, don't live thing. and breathe that team. Every you've got to, you've day, got to so. think. Um, I don't know. I, obviously, it's hard to say what sort of national coverage we've got because you can't really see it from the inside. You yeah. know what I mean? But I imagine we've got a little more attention Wait, just because stories, of the fact, isn't like, it? Well, like BBC yeah. Sport has been running a few articles about Stuart Donald just saying stuff like, yeah, and that's quite unusual. It's it's nice having some like some sort of positive national publicity. Yeah, just you know about like this new owner and that and. It's just all like sort of good things about us, rather than just oh, like not Ellis Short, you know, looking to sell. Um, then obviously, well, like when Rodwell had his interview in the Daily Mail, I mean that's not what you wanted, is it? When <laughs> you've got one of your players just like sat there in his front room, just saying, "Oh well, uh, I want to play football, but I don't want to play for Sunderland, but I'd be stupid to walk away from this amount of money." Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like for me, the, the the most surreal thing is kind of like the most sad thing. It's 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 the success at least. Or just happiness with the club, the way things are being run, like the whole Irish short thing. Like it's it's not kind of like a Roland Duchalet or a Carl Oyston ownership at Charlton and Blackburn, where it's just they fucking hate each other and yeah. they like fight, <laughs> literally like fighting with the fans, literally like, protesting week in week out. They they're calling the fans customers. They they're doing everything they can to seemingly piss off the fans. Ours was just absent, and it. I think it's arguably more dangerous because it was just nothing there. I think it's weird. Like yeah. Ellis Short clearly didn't have any disdain for the club. No, he clearly like holds it very dear. And even yeah, now, his last act as chairman shows that he still yeah. he and just he's still cares. And the way that everyone's spoken, doing. everyone who dealt with him, the way they've all spoke about him, they've all said like, "No, nah, he did. He, he, you know, he was a Sunderland fan, yeah. but uh, he just, he just, he balls it all up, and he sort of lost his ball, didn't he?" I think like the the history books and the future, I'll probably say like Ellis Short was. He tried his best. He threw everything he could. But he just failed miserably. He just didn't get it. These yeah, two, these two, like it. there's no results on the pitch. There's hardly any barometer you can actually say. Well, this is how they've done well. You can't really compare them to anything because nothing's happened yet. Yeah. But they just simply seem to just get it. It's ironic. Which matters up here. It's ironic about Ellis Short because we were just saying earlier that we don't mind it when a player tries to do something and fails. Isn't yeah. that the Short's entire reign <laughs> trying to do things and completely failing? Well, it's like at least he tried to do something. It's so constant and so yeah, mind And obviously, numbing. it's a lot more important when you're running a football club yeah. than you know playing a through ball. But it must like, be a nightmare for like the press because, like, Stuart, yeah. you know, as, as a, a journalist, I can imagine. Like, I'm not saying the 
that necessarily do do this, but I can imagine, shit, it's a slow news day, right? Let's have a look who's likely to be getting transferred. Right, uh, we'll pick him, and we'll say there's a link, and then you, yeah. you publish the story, and people talk about it for a few days, you get a few clicks. Whereas now, you, you can't, because he's, he's basically just like the police on it, and he's like... <laughs> Nah, you're wrong, mate. Well, it's not even the police. It's like a Sunderland fan will see it and then tweet him and go, "Oh, are we signing? Yeah. Are we signing him?" And they'll go, "Nope, nope, <laughs> nope." It's just like, it's refreshing. <laughs> so it is, it is a bit like it must be a nightmare though for these journalists because yeah. they're used to having like this sort of. It's like a power because they they had a contact with yeah, Martin Bain that nobody else had, yeah. and now they, they don't have the contact. They don't really have any power. Like you, a fan can tweet Stuart Donald and has a contact with him. Yeah. And he'll reply if he, I'm not saying he reply everyone, yeah. but he replies if he sees it or if he finds it important. That's to. the one thing I like most about this right now. It's some people say it's quite tin pot. I don't think so. I think it's a non-league mentality, and I mean that in the most genuine, best of ways. I love non-league football. Going to a non-league match is one of my most enjoyable things to do. Maybe fall back in love with football again and eventually Sunderland again when I kind of stopped going for a while. Like boycotted Moise era because I hated that man that much. I just couldn't be there and be and so and. I'll stop talking about him. It's okay. It's okay. Went back to like their last season was nowhere near as bad as that Moyes season, and I don't know why. I think it's because the vibe was just different. Maybe it was me, but I love. We had a, we had a guy football. there. We had a guy there in charge, and Coleman, who sort of who he he, well. he got it, yeah. and he cared about the club. So right. like this is with Donald and Meth and the kind of running what should be a Premier League club stuck in League One, but with like that non-league mentality where it, you are part of the club. Like my local team are South Shields, and they they I know people who work in the club day in day out it's kind of bringing people in it might just be on social media it might just be for face but it works it people be, are feeling part of the club again yeah it'd be great if we could get that where everybody all like it's so difficult because it's difficult you can't like have like all the fans know like the, the boot man or the kick man or whatever because yeah. you know there's like 30,000 of them it's just impossible it's like you can't have that kind of relationship but it's nice to know that the walls are broken down and that's like, Even the first appointment before the appointed Ross, the first appointment was Tony Davison, the MD, managing director. Yeah, he used to be Samson the Black Cat. People know who he is. Like, he's, he's not just a face. He's not just a name. He's a face to a name. So. And it's like he doesn't. Like, he's just the type of guy that isn't going to like hide away yeah. from the public in Sunderland. Now he's in a big position, and that's yeah. the difference with like Stuart Donald. You, you you could probably catch him, like, in town or something like that, just because he happened to be working that yeah. day and he thought he'd come round and. I mean, Short did that now and again, but you only ever done it when things were good. He did it when we beat Newcastle, yeah. basically. He did it once when we beat yeah. Newcastle, and he came on TV once the comment for the uh, cup final. But look at the board. Does anyone actually know what Per Magnus Anderson looks like? Never no. mind what job he done. No, I haven't even heard of him until right now. <laughs> yeah, he was he was, a, he was a member of the board of directors at Sunderland under the whole of Short's tenure. He's actually the only guy left on a on football manager again. You got Stuart Donald and then Magnuson, and they're just the yeah. only two members of the board at the moment. On that game. Magnuson <laughs> has probably most likely gone. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like use shorts confident and like, gonna have to, to cut you off there again because there's a I'm few things that want to be talked about. I mean, this is you, Chris Cam, you, you're oh, the yeah. one who loves the lassies. <laughs> so, we're going to talk a wee bit about the women's team. For shouldn't phrase it that I'm way, I'm going to give you <laughs> two, minutes. <laughs> two minutes to share your thoughts. Obviously, what's happened is Donald says that he's going to fund it. I think they were talking about going with North American University or something, weren't they? And now they're not. So, we had this, we've got this football club, Sunderland Ladies AF, like Sunderland AFC Ladies, that are absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Um, historically, have done superbly. Um, they've sort of been frozen out of the, the top flight of English football for quite a while, and they eventually got themselves in there when it became the Women's Super League after getting promoted from the Super League 2, which they did easily because they were much better than everyone around them. They've, in the last sort of decade, created 
I mean, loads and loads and loads of the best seven players of in the England. current women's team. Yeah, and the current England squad is made up of seven players who came from Sunderland's academy. Yeah, the current women's player of the yeah. year. BBC Women's Player of the Year, Lucy Bronze, was uh, born in Berwick and was driven to and from Sunderland by her parents yeah. to to learn to play football. Uh, she moved to Manchester City and then she moved to Lyon, where she this season won the Champions League. She's a Sunderland player. That's like Jordan Henderson winning the Champions League. Oh, thanks for clarifying that. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, so that, that's all great. But then. Martin Bain came along with the brief cut money, cut costs, and he thought that the women's team were a necessary cost. And we need to make this absolutely abundantly clear to anyone who might think that the ladies' team is a financial burden, because they are absolutely not. And yeah. if you're talking about cutting costs at a football club, the ladies' football team is not expendable. They're important, just as important as the men's the, team. I know you might say financially who, like, the men's team bring the money in, but... No, it's it's. Do the do the women's team like does it break even? I don't actually know. Like I'm not. No, and um, they're operating at a loss. I'm just, um, <laughs> I'm just curious to know yeah. what they're. They're operating at a loss of about five hundred thousand pounds a year. Right, and that's what it was. And that's why people are sort of going, "Oh, we should cut them loose." It's like, What's well, that, the reason though? they're operating at a loss is because they haven't taken a penny from the club. What? All of that mm. money is because they've been sent away from their training ground yeah. onto part-time contracts at Northumbria University in Newcastle. And the thing that should worry play us, shields. yeah, they play itself shields. And the thing we should really be worried about <laughs> is the FA. The FA have changed the league structure, so it's now a women's Premier League, which means we've been knocked out of not just the top flight but the top two flights, and we'll now be playing in the third tier. Uh, the news like this week was Stuart Donald was going to he's going to reapply, and we'll May hopefully get a place. Yeah. So you know, if we do, then that's great. It's basically a matter of getting the hold of the FA and sort of twisting their arm and saying, "Listen, the reason we didn't apply properly last time is because the ownership was crap, but we mean it now." Um, don't punish us because we're just late. But um, we will do. We'll get put in the third division. And that's really, really bad because if you want the women's team to be self-sustaining and make a profit, we need to be in that top flight because that's where the investment's coming from. Like the FA have got massive plans for that top yeah. flight of women's football first, and we need to be there because we belong there. The first two years back in the top flight as well after getting promotion three years ago, they finished did superb. second or third <laughs> and then fifth. Talking about a club that have no money to sign players or anything yeah. like that. All the players in that women's squad have come through the club or have been taken on as like free agents. But we've got Stephanie Roach, who was that uh, the lady who's nominated for the Puskas Award for that amazing goal she scored yeah, yeah, I remember that. in yeah. the Irish League. That she plays for Sunderland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've had to sell our best players, or not even sell them, but let them leave for free because they've been offered full-time contracts elsewhere. Like Beth Mead, the most recent example, she mm-hmm. was our top goal scorer for like four seasons in a row. She left for free to go to Arsenal, and now she's in the England squad. Yeah, Steph Horton, Jill Scott, all left for free in the past. Steph Horton, England captain, Jill Scott, who went to my primary school. Former, former England captain as well. It's, it's just ridiculous that the ladies' team have been, for the last decade or so, probably the bastion of the club. They've been the the most proud part of the club. They've been the ones yeah. that are most successful. And it's, it's, it's not looking down in any way. We shouldn't look and say, oh, it's just women's football. It, it doesn't matter if it's women's football or men's football. It, the the ladies' team is obviously is is just as important as the men's team. It's Sunderland yeah. Football Club, isn't it? Yeah. At the end of the day, it is Sunderland Football Club, so it matters. Exactly. Yeah. Much. I can understand, was. like, because I'll be honest, I probably wouldn't go watch Sunderland <clears> ladies, but that's not to say if they were doing well that I, if they were in like a final or something, I wouldn't. Well, they were in the semi-finals of the FA Cup this season. They got beaten by Manchester City in extra time. Um, and the only reason that was happened was because one of the players made a mistake and it cost them the lead in the last minute of the game. We would have been at Wembley this season if it weren't for one tiny error. thing is, it's, it's weird too. It's never advertised. Like, literally, yeah. like yeah. I wouldn't know where they played. I wouldn't know... Unless... And it's, it's not... It's, it's not your fault and it's not the fans fault for yeah, not knowing just, that because the never, club took no ownership of yeah. them I think, I think that would be something which changes 
Like, yeah. Obviously, it, I think yeah. Donald will definitely, you know, he'll get them more publicity, and that's exactly what they need. Because as you said, like they're a fantastic part of Sunderland football. Club, get them, they get them advertised. Support, yeah. Biggest, exactly. Like we've we've all got heroes. Look, and you all remember growing up as a kid, and you look up and you see the players who you love, the players who you worship. Well, what's anything better for a small girl who's a young girl who's a Sunderland fan? It's going to her first match with her mum or her dad or whatever, and sees these players and thinks, oh, I want to be that. And then they go to a ladies' team and they can actually see that. They can see yeah. these girls from Sunderland yeah. who could be them. They could be in their shoes. They could see them. That's their hero. It worries me so much that we've got, like we was mentioned earlier about the talent pool in the North East that the academy has to draw from. It's the same for the women's team. It's even better. The amount of, yeah, the amount of like, like girls in the North East who want to play football but have nowhere to play it. The thing that really worries me is the FA looked at our situation when they reevaluate the leagues and the reason they rejected us is because the men's club hadn't been doing anything to the women's club for a long time and the president of women's football at the FA has actually acknowledged this and said it she's actually been quoted saying like they haven't been doing anything they've just ignored them Yeah. and my worry is she said so what we're going to do is we're like the FA we're going to set up a base in the north east at Northumbria and we're going to train the players that way so the girls still have somewhere to train and learn their trade but and, then if, and then she said if a big club wants to come in and get involved then they can she didn't say if Sunderland want to get back involved again she just said if a big club in the north east now can you imagine a big club in the north east with maybe say a brand new female owner who's just bought the club yeah. and like <laughs> if, yeah. if we lost Sunderland ladies to Newcastle did Newcastle have a team? no no, no. not at all the, the, Durham are the only team in the North East Durham are even lower than Sunderland oh, well not anymore now Durham will probably, will probably be the same level as Durham yeah. now yeah right I'm going to have to move on so if you want to sign any more you write loads about it don't you Chris yeah I'm going to be um, as news develops on that I'll up stuff on the website and then obviously next season we're either going to have somebody on the team who's going to cover them regularly or I'm going to help them or I'm going to do it we're just going to see what happens okay right there's a few final quick fire questions that we're just going to go through I'll even just answer some of them so first one do you think Donald Love can cement a place in the team next season yes yes, yes. Star, yes. oh, mate of course he can he already has he's the best player <laughs> ever played in red and white okay. and that's not just Sunderland <laughs> Mackham Lad has two questions firstly any idea why they stopped playing wise men say before kickoff to be honest I hadn't noticed anyone know uh, no I didn't I didn't know and I didn't I noticed either. who knows I'm usually staring at Don Love fair enough <laughs> uh, Mackham Lad asks when is the Netflix documentary out uh is it this year? I've Don't been have told. I've been told when, but I was told not. It was to slated. Say it, so it was basically slated for, just the summer. Yeah, it was slated yeah, for the summer, year. but then it sort of got like, oh well, the new ownership came in, so they went and did a bit more filming, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, they did. So yeah. I will say before September, without giving away the date. You are pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I signed a disclaimer, but who cares? Right. <laughs> To be fair, I mean the summer. It's before September. I'm not saying anything. Why haven't different. they burst into the podcast recording this week? Like. Because I'm offended. <laughs> ugly bastard. They don't want to film you. Right. At Deadly Isco. Oh, Deadly Isco. What? Sunderland stuff. <laughs> what? So, Sunderland. <laughs> Sunderland what winning the, the league one. Anything. Will we win checker trade? Uh, I would love to win the checker trade trophy. Yeah, but people are saying let's not take it serious. Let's boycott it. Now, if it was the under 23s, I'd boycott it because I refuse to believe that any Premier League team's academy system should be subsumed into a first team division football it should be separate so are you saying like if we got drawn against like Everton under 23 <clears throat> would you go that's the difficulty I don't I don't know See, like, I don't I mind because I, I, I don't I don't. not many of the under 23s teams actually get out of the yeah, group no, stage yeah, it's, it's, it's different you, now it's supporting your t- first team yeah yeah. yeah. But if, if you look at sort of the last 
the two times it's been in this structure, the final has been first team League One and League Two teams. Yeah, yeah. you know, so it's because there's been, always a couple of teams pick it out, don't they, and go for it. Yeah, exactly, and because they know that oh great, you know, there's going to be these new teams in, but. No, they aren't going to be taking it completely seriously, so let's just have a go at winning yeah. a trophy. So, to be honest with you, if I was the new owner of a club and I was in League One, I'd think I'd want to go to Wembley. Yeah, it's yeah, a great opportunity. Definitely. But can I win it? Right, come on. Check Jake, Jake, we also don't play Newcastle. Uh, rivals got kept apart. Portsmouth and Southampton have been. Good. Ooh. What happens though if they meet in the final? Can that happen? Surely that can still happen. That would be massive. Nah, they probably. Well, no, no we'd meet in the Northern final. Yeah, you'd meet in the area final, yeah. Right, okay. Jake Conson asks, surely a one that could be answered over here. But, okay. I. I know it affected you, Connor. However, if the others sat in the Premier Concourse, Chris, <laughs> have you renewed and where will you be sitting? So I no longer sit in the Premier Concourse, but I have renewed technically two rows below. So I've essentially got the same seat, but you're just not in the concourse. Yeah, I'm just oh, you're just just still not in the concourse. No, I am not. You're I wasn't. Not I, was never, I wasn't padded. Oh, you're not padded. No, no, I wasn't. They're not all padded in the the first row bit. <laughs> but yes, I was a Tory. That's what I was. <laughs> I was up there championing Brexit. Um, offended whenever any European player took to the pitch, <laughs> I would wave my English flag. I, with I know my Tommy Robson little <laughs> banner to go with it. Tommy Robson, Tommy Robinson. I, need, and I know name? a couple of people who sat there, and they're just the loveliest people. So I, I need to just defend. Not them. right. The thing is, right, the, the top the tier has got so many positives. Number one, the concourses are bigger. You're miles away from the from what? Sorry. The concourses are bigger. Number two, you're not miles away from the pitch. You're one row above the bottom tier if you sit in the first row. Uh, also, you're also where the boxes are, so you're going to have the best seats. The directors also sit on that level, so obviously the seats are going to be better. So Nichols, <laughs> worst South, view. Southwest, South stands where it's at. Heart of the atmosphere, man. Well, I was just explaining my decision. I used to sit over there, but then I got too old and I couldn't be bothered to stand up. So I sat down with the old people in the top tier. Right? Too old. What? My dad's, my dad's at the back of the South Stand week in, week out, well, and he's 61. Good for him. <laughs> However, me <laughs> and your dad lads. are clearly different people. I still love the lads, just because I sit. <laughs> Sounds a bit... He didn't renew in the first tier, in the first way as well. I didn't renew in the first tier. I am clearly a horrible human being. Exactly. I didn't renew Still hasn't renewed, he's not. He's going to Blythe. No, I have renewed. Why have we got this Blythe life? I Don't tell lies, I have renewed. I can't take a picture of the season card either because I've changed seat. So I'm fucking lying, that's why. <laughs> nah, I've renewed. I love no. the lads. I, I would have got a season ticket, but I'm, no, I take I'm it back. Like, uni, so no, there's Mr. Excuses in the I'll, I'll, be yeah, watch, I'll be going to watch Coventry City. <laughs> don't. Oh, you can't be talking about them. Don't. Oh, Coventry? Nah, fuck Coventry. I won't be following them. Fuck Basically Coventry. a mag. Only, only time I'll go there is. Basically a mag. <laughs> Watching Coventry. <laughs> Sunderland don't get along with Coventry. No, then I stole our city of culture. The no, yeah. they got us relegated. Yeah, they got us relegated. Them in Bristol City. Jimmy Hill also. literally. St- Jimmy, relegated with twice. Jimmy Hill purposefully delayed a game to find out a result so Coventry players could play out the rest of the game doing nothing and relegate us. Google it. Fucking it's... bastard. <laughs> Sorry, he's dead. Rest in peace. Bastard. There's actually a video of Jimmy Hill at a Fulham game, Sunderland Fulham game, and Sunderland fans are probably giving him yeah, shit. He hates it. He absolutely hates anyway, it. Hated uh, us. And currently, fans. Moving on. We've got two more questions left, so it'll be we fine. can do this, guys. Right. Hannah Brown asks, "Who will be captain? I presume of the team." And my answer will be the Padster if he stays. Yeah. Not you. Probably I, I, I can't be. If, if I get a call, I can't be. You think you can't because you're in Coventry? Don't love. So, uh, don't love. Yeah. Right, no, I'd have Honeyman. Personally. George Honeyman. 
Um, yeah, honeymoon over. Honeymoon, yeah. yeah. Honeymoon, honeymoon over. Yeah, McNair. I think it'll be honeymoon. I just, I, I would say McNair, but like you've got to pick someone who's actually going to be not consistently play, yeah. consistently be consistent. And Six McNair's going to need time to sit down and rest. Okay. David Smith asks, asks contractually stroke legally, can we simply utilize Jack Rodwell as an odd jobs man and have him grafting twenty four <laughs> like seven like some Chinese sweatshop? We pay his wages and obviously don't care if we piss him well, off, just re- as he'll never play again anyway. Get him single handedly <laughs> painting in the red seats. We just rename him odd job, and you can have a metal hat that you can throw people. <laughs> right. I don't think actually you probably could do that. No, you can't. Yeah, I bet it's I bet it's massively it's illegal. Probably, but yeah. I love I love where your head's at. Yeah, that, I mean uh, that's that's a good. Good concept. Can he not just fuck off? Can we not just pay him to like just sit in the Premier Concourse by himself so we can say we have so. right in the middle? No, like, actually not because that'd be someone's seat and they'd be really annoyed. <clears throat> no, not in the Premier Concourse. That'd be next to the directors. Oh. No, I mean like you wouldn't. You wouldn't last like someone's seat. Last the season. Premier Concourse is not that full. Should we buy, sure a, box room like <laughs> <laughs> buy a box from like, St James's Park or something? <laughs> Why don't cheer him? Let them all shout at him or something like that. Okay. Can we not hire him to come in the podcast and then like just like nail down? I'm not paying him. And just leave him here. I mean, like, I mean, like, tell him he's already been paid. Yeah. Can like, can Donald not send him here just so I can use him as a footstool? Should should all at Connor Bromley ways of how to get rid of Rodwell? He's going to love to get all these retweets all night. Hashtag rid of Rodwell. As many as possible. Any vitriol we've got for Rodwell, just tweet it all at Connor and Connor will tell him. Everything, swear words, the Lord tweeted all, all to Connor all night. That's Connor Bromley. Direct line to Jack Rodwell. That that, I, that's yeah, exactly uh, what Connor will want to do. You're not sure which account is the one of the profile picture that looks like the advanced hair clinic. <laughs> Bad words. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Nichols has got worse hair than me. It's not that, it's just the photo looks like the advert. <laughs> you know what it is, right? I'm sorry that I got professional headshots, right? Like you could have had a full head of hair and I still would have made the you point. Do you know people who have hired me on the basis of them pictures I can count on one hand? Nobody. <laughs> no. Roker Report. <laughs> I didn't have them when I tried. And Roker Report don't pay, so it's not really a job. I was going to say. It's yeah. a hobby. Yeah. Oh, gosh, take that guy. You're putting your hand up. Nichols put his hand up because you get paid. I don't. Disgusting. I've got a hat on. Because <laughs> he mentioned my hair. I don't know how it is. It's a horrible hat. Why do you get a green hat? I like, how, I like how Nichols did a divisual gag on an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So, we're done. Uh, that should be everything. <laughs> Reminder, follow us all on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Well, don't follow me on Facebook. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, right? Follow Rogue Report, basically, is what I'm saying. And, you know, you can follow Nichols if you want. I wouldn't advise it. You put I wouldn't sh- either. Shit jokes about Sony. <laughs> Uh, we also have YouTube videos on a weekly basis. That's pretty much just me at the moment because nobody else wants to come to Blythe even though I offer a lift. Fuck that. Disgusting. And offer, you offer a lift to Blythe? That's like... I picked them up from a metro, let's be honest. It's like, do you want to walk through this dog shit? I mean, I'll drag you. That's so hard. Have you even been to Blythe? I've gone all the way to Blythe with a clunner. <laughs> Couldn't even tell you which direction it is. It's I know north. it's like... It's like, north. Yeah, it's, it's like... Northumberland. Up. Yeah, it's nice. Some say it's... Well, I mean, it's the biggest town in Northumberland. It's basically a capital C. <laughs> Northumberland. Newcastle's in Northumberland. No, it's not in Tyne and Weir. Ooh, is it? Are you going historical counties? Are you going yes, like historical? Counties? Well, historical. Well, <laughs> he still reckons Carlisle's in Westmoreland. We're in Durham right now, then. So that just doesn't work. No man, we'll go off recent ones. You know, if it's on Look North, that's that's all. It's worth. <laughs> <laughs> then, then that's how you have to gauge it. Yeah, if it's on Look <laughs> North, right? Tweet at Pam uh, da, da, da. We've got some more special guests, hopefully coming on from the club. Can't divulge who, but hopefully will be happening soon. Although Stuart Donald did say he was coming back on, so if he doesn't, then like I'll send him a letter. 
for an oh, angry text. Called out, Stu. Called out. Yeah. Send <laughs> an angry text. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we'll have Stu Donald back on. I'll Snapchat him. <laughs> <laughs> Send him nudes. Well, well I mean, you know, take me to the Invite him for some soggy biscuit, Paddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you had mentioned that in the... Oh. <laughs> Uh, we've thought, also thought we've officially hit the watershed of when we should yeah, stop doing right. podcasts. We've also got World Cup podcast coming up. Uh, I'm not actually sure what's going to happen with that because apparently my studio's closed at five o'clock. So we'll have to see. We'll figure it out. We'll right. figure it out. Right. Okay. We're done. Thanks for listening. If you've stuck for the full hour and like 15 minutes, then like well done. God bless you. You've done well. Thank you. Because <laughs> I'm even getting sick now. Like if you've stuck for this long, like God bless you, and like you know, go yeah. find now, your family. Now the, dum, dum, talk to them. Dum, give dum, them a dum, hug. Dum, like just don't even worry like we're there for you go find some friends go to your local pub have a beer talk to someone socialise you'll be okay we aren't going anywhere nope that's good right love done love right we're done we're done even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.